What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, I'm Gina Farrar. Welcome to the Feminine Roadmap Podcast, a global community of women in midlife. We gather here weekly over a cup of something wonderful for real talk, life-changing strategies, and a big dose of sisterhood. Now, please sit back and enjoy. Hello, Feminine Roadmappers. Welcome back to Feminine Roadmap Podcast, the podcast that helps you navigate the challenges and the changes of midlife and empowers you to live a more vibrant second half. If you are finding us today on YouTube, please remember to subscribe and ring that bell so you don't miss any more important information. And if you're on the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and share this episode. Today, we are going to be talking about women's health. If you find yourself frustrated with the limitations and conflicting information provided around women's health, especially where it comes to menopause, my guest today has embarked on a journey to develop a solution to help women improve, understand, and regain control of their health. My guest is Alana Slingsby. She's the co-founder of Moment, an LA-based femtech startup. Alana, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm excited to hear about your mission and message. What brought you to do this? Yeah, so um, it's kind of a long kind of history, which I'm happy to jump in. So um, first of all, uh, what what MoMA does is we treat women from from the comfort of their home. and We focus on natural, safe, and effective solutions. And we do have an emphasis on hormones, but my interest in hormones starts way back when. I feel like some interests choose you, you don't choose them. Um, So my mom is a a medical doctor, and she actually was personally affected by a hormone drug. Um, This was a drug used in the 50s called DES, and it was an incredibly high dose of synthetic estrogen. Now, thankfully, uh, it's no longer used or prescribed, really, um, but it was incredibly dangerous, um, and they didn't know. Well, it's 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 there's a argument on whether they knew or they didn't know because it, the use in um, poultry farming actually stopped. Um, they stopped using this drug, but they continued to use it in humans, and unfortunately, um, so yeah, my mom was a victim of this just atrocious, you know use of this hormone drug um and as a result she you know was born deformed um very very seriously had a hunchback which is crazy i actually grew up thinking like hunchbacks weren't that weird like i was like oh some people just have like hunchbacks um and then only like you know you're just innocent not knowing these things because it's like so normal to you and then um, that's not true. <laughs> you know, that's actually, it's crazy. Hormones that, that have play that much of a role, they actually dictate uh, whether you'll have a birth defect, um, which is just crazy. And then she also dealt with, um, you know, infertility. She never had two periods in a row. And so I was always kind of curious why my mom had just such a unique life. Like she was always 
you know, she was dealt a hand that we, a lot of people don't have to suffer through, but it always makes you more enlightened. Um, and just watching her go through that was just, it was just so fascinating to me. Um, so when I left college, I was working in finance and I started getting just more on the side interested in wellness. So I actually became a head of marketing at a cancer institute. And a lot of people don't know that cancer is related to hormones. Most cancers are. Um, especially breast cancer, which is like something on every woman's mind, I think, just because we all know someone that's been affected and by it. And, and it's kind of presented as, as this enigma, like, oh, like, what what causes it? Why do some people get it? Why do some people not? Um, and so while I was there, I just did so much writing, and I still do, you know, medical writing on this topic. Um, but I, I kept getting questions from women, like, well, what do I do? I want to, I don't want to get breast cancer, but I, I don't feel good. And how do we like, what, what do I, you know, where do I even start? There's so much noise out there and <laughs> you have to kind of sift through it all <laughs> to, to find what resonates and what works and experiment. So yeah, we launched moment about a while, you know, a while ago and it's, you, you basically test your hormones at home. You get your levels um, pretty much at any age. You can do this. If you're in menopause, it doesn't matter the day because you obviously don't have a cycle. Um, and then if you still are cycling, you just do it on day 20. And then we get the results and we'll review it with you and come up with a really thorough, innovative plan. Um, I would say we're really cautious and, and really thorough with our treatments. And um, that's kind of what sets us apart is we do, you know, bioidentical hormones, but we want the patient to feel empowered and, and really educated on the tools of what they're doing. Because this is, you know, this is real substances and these are your body. But, you know, the results have been like amazing. And it just it makes me feel really happy that women are getting not only results, but they're feeling better. And they know that this is um to optimize their body, not to like create any more issues. It's really to make them feel better. It's interesting that you talk about the confusion and the noise. Yeah, because it's so true. We have such conflicting information as women mm -hmm. and there's there appears to be a lack of education in the medical field mm -hmm. where we feel confident to have these conversations with doctors in general, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of blanketed under, Oh, it's just menopause or it's mm -hmm. just hormones. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of women really struggle and there's symptoms that I've learned about that, no one ever talks about. They kind of keep mm -hmm. it under like hot flashes and weight gain, which obviously we all know is <laughs> kind of the most common. Yeah. But you know, the I learned about histamines and hives and mm -hmm. you know dry mm -hmm. skin and all of these other things. And so I feel like the reason I wanted to have you on the show, Alana, is to add to the more holistic conversation that I've been having around it and empowering women. So tell me. What does it look like when a person comes to moment to go through this process? What does it look like for this woman? Yeah. So usually I would say women don't come in for just one singular issue. There tends to be this cascade of, like you mentioned, hot flashes, um, weight gain, uh, fatigue, brain yes. fog, um, just just sort of this feeling of I, things aren't right, you know, mm -hmm. like things, I don't feel good. Um, I, I, I never really see a chart that's like, um, there's one issue, you know, because everything in the body is so connected, right? Like er, hormones are acting all over you. So that would make sense. They're in your brain, actually, like a huge concentrations in your brain. Um, so, 
you know, having low hormones and then having brain fog totally makes sense. And then having, you know, weight gain is strongly linked to hormones as well. Uh, if you think about when a woman first, first starts to notice her, her weight changing, it's a puberty. And puberty is the onset of hormones changing. Um, and so that's just a clear indication of how much, you know, that was for me, like when I went through puberty, I vividly remember literally not being able to like eat whatever I wanted. Um, after, like I, it was a free for all up until I swear that like month of puberty where like things were really changing. Um, it's so funny how things are like etched in your brain, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's usually a woman it's, and it's not, it's not really menopause. It's, it's like 10 years before because 10 years before menopause is when things really start shifting and that's, and that's, and that's okay. That's like the time where we go, okay, whoa, I need to check in with my body and start sort of tweaking and optimizing up until that point you kind of have youth on your side you have a lot more capabilities in every way every organ is more capable and through the aging process um you have this sort of you know through everything through all the experiences in your life whether it's stress whether it's exposure to radiation whether it's an injury to the body um you start to accumulate these sort of experiences that can over time it's about the chronic nature of an issue and so um yeah, so the woman, so a woman is usually going through all of these issues, and and she doesn't really know where to turn. But I think there is something in this like womanly instinct that she knows her hormones are at play a lot more than men, because women are very, you know, we have we, for our entire lives we have a menstrual cycle which is dictated by hormones, the cycle of estrogen and progesterone, um, which is beautifully linked to the moon, um, and so we we are just these like beautifully intricate creatures um and so um and so th th that really comes to head though when a woman is around 35 to 45 um it's not really um you know post-menopause or menopause it happens beforehand um mm -hmm. and that's and that's okay you know we just have to we have to uh start looking at things really seriously just so that we can optimize the body there's just so many good little tweaks that we can do um, that that are doing uh, they can do really like a lot of great things for the body um, and those those set of tricks aren't well publicized I don't think I don't know why I think maybe it's maybe um, people hang on to studies that they have already agreed with or they don't want to go farther or deeper um, and so we we definitely focus on those things so it's usually like this combination of progesterone pregnenolone looking at thyroid um, looking at testosterone. Um, and so those elements is kind of what we would focus on if you were to come. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do the, I'm assuming it's that blood prick test where you have the card and you put the drops of blood exactly. and you yeah, mail it yeah. in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. after it's mailed in, do does it, do you get a consultation? And then yeah. I, the process is all online, right? It's all, yeah. That's so fantastic. Yeah. So, you, you know, you don't have to leave your house. It's very, very ever, you know, you don't have to go into the lab corp. You just, you test it at home. Um, It's a little blood prick on your finger. It doesn't hurt much or I don't think it hurts, but. No, it's that little I mean, click. <laughs> yeah. The little click button thing. Some people get really nervous about the click. Um, I know it's like, oh, oh yeah. You're like, oh. ah. <laughs> <laughs> No, totally. And it is like a little pinch. You can warm up like exposure therapy, but like pinch yourself before. Yes, yes, yes. Well, pinch. you know, I, I want to say that when it comes to hormones, you know, we, somebody said to me recently that, 
you know, you have your period when you're a young girl. So hormones are kind of going this way. And then when you get to menopause, it's just that in reverse. But our bodies have been through so much and our nervous systems have been through so much. And, you know, now we have, like you said, a cascade of things happening as well. And I think for for a lot of women, like for me, I'm still in perimenopause and it really just the whole cycle change just started for me this year and I'm 55. I have friends mm-hmm. that have been done for years and I'm like, huh? So it's interesting. I started, yeah. I'm a late bloomer, I guess, or a late unbloomer. <laughs> That's well, what we'll I call think, it. I think that is considered a good thing. Um, maintaining that menstrual cycle for as long as possible. You know, I think it is interpreted as a healthy thing. So. Yeah. It's just funny because all my friends are like, oh yeah, I'm done. I'm like, oh, I just started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, I think that, I think you should think like, that's good for, I think our interpretation from what we've seen, that's probably a great thing. And then, you know, if it, it, it is this way of thinking about it as how you experience menopause is really an accumulation of your health. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's almost a hard pill to swallow, right? Because the, the worse your symptoms are, you know, it's, it, it it's related. It Like nothing's overnight. Like even like something like breast cancer that takes like 10 years to develop. And so, um, and, and it's the same thing with menopausal symptoms. It's like there, there are, there are red lights that happen as early on as, you know, in your twenties. And that, that that's because of this disturbance of hormones. It, it can happen really early. Um, and so it, again, that prolonged nature of something. Um, and that's when you see this accumulation of why do I experience worse menopause than someone else? Um, it's not random. It's not a coincidence. It's it's um, it's deeply connected to how you've lived your life. Yeah. And how does this relate uh, to genetics, for example? Do you find that there are patterns? Because I've heard conflicting information that just because your mother did something a certain way doesn't mean your body will necessarily do it the same. Are there are there markers that can kind of indicate what it would be like for a woman? Yeah, so I think the biggest um, genetic component that people like to bring up is BRCA one and two, and these are genetic mutations. Yes. Yeah, and I, I so I, I've talked about this and written about this before. Is that when when you bring that up, really the most interesting part of those genetic mutations is that a lot of researchers have concluded is they basically mean that you are more sensitive to hormone imbalance, which means that it's even more important for you to be proactive about your hormones. And so I don't think it's necessarily like deterministic that just because you have BRCA1 or 2, something's going to happen. I think it's, okay, I have to be even more on top of this than everybody mm-hmm. else because I am just that more, more sensitive to hormone imbalance. Um, and that's what, you know, a lot of the researchers have shown. Um, and so, you know, I used to you know, work at a cancer institute and writing about this makes you, I think, more empowered rather than sort of fatalistic about these about these things. Um, and, and and like, I just want to tell people that, that have those, you know, like when I hear like when they message me or DM me or whatever, email me, I'm like, well, let's get on a good program. And that's what we do. We get women on like good programs to optimize for these things um, so that you're not scared and you're not worried about uh, you know, if something's going to happen because of the mutation. Now, as far as, you know, will I have worse menopausal symptoms because of something in the genes? I think that is far from conclusive. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to be said of, we inherit a lot of things from our parents. We inherit their, possibly, you know, their experiences, their lives, their emotions, their traumas in a lot of ways. Um, but again, I don't think 
it's it's black and white on whether you are going to get a health issue just because your mom had someone and I, this is coming from someone that's like uh i'm a des daughter you know the drug i'm a granddaughter studies show that i am supposed to have issues um and and, and i don't really you know i don't know if we need to always kind of be a victim to those things mm-hmm. we, you know because at the end of the day like we are are we have to bloom where we're planted we are we're given the hand we're given and um those challenges those battles are are, are all met for us and, and and that's the hero's journey right in all of our lives um and so every health challenge that you experience is a chance for us to move to the next level and that, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to help women do it's like okay we like we have a recommended reading list like we want you to be as educated as empowered as as people that are really familiar with these topics um and and, and that's really you know i think women want that i don't think we need to dumb it down. I think women want to understand what's going on with their body. I don't think they want to be, you know, you know, handed this um, kind of like these these studies that are configured or these sort of guesses or these sort of like just theories on things. I think they want to understand um, really on a deeper level what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's it's universal, right? Unless someone like my mom had a, a an emergency hysterectomy at 21. Wow. So she had That's a completely, serious. yes, she had a completely different experience. Her, her hormones, actually, she had cystic fibroid tumors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from birth control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back in the sixties, of course, everything was wow. very intense. So yeah. she went in to check on one thing and came out with no parts. So, you know, I, I guess in some ways I'm the miracle that came pre my mom, not, you know, losing all of that. So it's interesting that you talk about those treatments that used to be so aggressive. And what I'm hearing around birth control, which we can choose to go into or not, because at this point we're talking about midlife and (laughs) birth control isn't the number one thing in our minds, but women who have taken birth control, does that impact their menopause journey as well? Yeah. um, And I, so I think some, how, uh, like doctors do prescribe birth control for menopause as really? well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a very um, I, I, that's pretty common. I think um, mm. as in, in a well, I, I, like birth control and antidepressants for menopausal symptoms, yes. which is just something we don't do. We we do we take a different route um, because there's really a lot of safe and effective solutions that can achieve amazing results without possible worse side effects. So like, why wouldn't we use those, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, that there's, when it comes to birth control, it totally, and if you want to like go on like the evidence-based route, it depends on which study you like basically at this point, because um, like someone will say, well, this study showed there's no risk of birth control changing, you know, my health. And then you see another one, I think like on Susan G. Komen, actually, it says that it's, uh, you know, the risk of breast, breast cancer is like really like 50% higher from taking birth control. Um, and so um, I think it depends on the lens you see the world at this point. Um, we sometimes play this game of which study is more right. And and that's fine. I like I love I love looking at um, which studies have been done beautifully and kind of make us understand the world um, in a more meaningful way. Um but I think I think the problem with birth control is women are given it without even understanding their menstrual cycle and understanding what's in it or what they're taking. You, you, like like the progestin and birth control is is 
mostly based on the molecule testosterone. And they change testosterone to make it somewhat similar to progesterone um, so that they can call mm. it progestin. So like and a lot of women don't even know that. I've like done videos and they're like, wait, is that why I get acne after taking uh, birth control? And like some women have that effect. And that's probably why it's androgenic. And so, yeah, I mean, I personally wouldn't take birth control because I just don't think there's um, I think it's risky to mess with the beautiful cycle that we've been given. Um, that is just my risk assessment of taking it. Uh, I have taken it in the past and I, I just have found that, um, perhaps it's not worth the risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I understand as a medical professional, there is a carefulness that needs to surround everything totally. that is said. And so I appreciate yeah. that assessment, but it is interesting. You mentioned antidepressants. You know, back in history, you see women that were put in asylums about the time of menopause. There was a huge time in history where that's how women were dealt with, because it does make some women feel crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. hormones. But I, I love the idea that there is a solution because our bodies are so beautifully designed. Mm hmm. And they can heal. And this is a natural process. And it's just like you were talking about, you know, we've have, there's things we're carrying our health forward, I guess, is how you put it is the way that I would remember it and say, okay, we're carrying our health forward, but help the beauty about health from what I can gather is it can be like a ship. You got that little rudder. You can turn it around with good choices. It may not be perfect, but there's hope, right? Right. A hundred percent. I mean, you, you, your mind, your body, your cells are always responding to new ways of, of, of living. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can always, I mean, not, you know, not always, but because of if something's been chronic for a long time, turning off those stressors may take a lot mm. more effort, but yes. in a lot of ways, we're always, you know, we are always uh, changing and evolving. Um, and, and so, yeah, like at a moment we're thinking about how do we restore this health um, that's happening as possibly as a result of the natural aging process and possibly as a result of environmental factors. Um, and so it's just about restoring, you know, healthy levels of, of hormones um, at the end of the day. <laughs> that's like the, the, the entire mission, whether it's PCOS or, you know, fibroids, like you mentioned, we're seeing a lot of fibroids actually um, a lot. Um, and there it's some doctors don't think they can be shrunken. And, and, and once they hit a certain size, it's, it's pretty hard to get under control. If they hit about a grapefruit size, then a hysterectomy is, you know, it, it's very hard to manage without one. Um, but I don't think a lot of women are also explained how serious you will feel the difference when you get a, whether even a partial hysterectomy and with, with the fibroid tumors. Yeah, because yeah, for the fi- that's a common treatment from for fibroids, like your what happened to your mom. Um, but um, so yeah, we are seeing a lot of patients right now with fibroids, and basically, fibroids are very estrogen dependent. There's actually never been a case in the literature of a woman getting fibroids pre puberty. Um, so you know, in those reproductive years, that balance of estrogen and progesterone is so so important, and that's why es- uh, fibroids tend to happen in a younger age, right? Like in their thirties. Um, it's not necessarily like you get one in your sixties. Um, that's a lot more rare. And so for fibroids, correcting thyroid function, we usually will look at thyroid for fibroids specifically. 
and then that balance of estrogen and progesterone. Those two things, if you know, if anyone has fibroids listening, then um, we're just seeing a lot of them, but we're having really good results right now with getting those under control. So, yeah. The thyroid comes up a lot, Alana. That seems to be a huge piece of the f- the feminine hormone journey. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it affects men too, but since we're talking about women, yeah. I, I I seem to be noticing, and I'm not a doctor, so I would love to get your perspective on this, but more and more women are talking about having thyroid issues. Like it's become like, I have a cold. I have a thyroid <laughs> issue. Like it's so common. That's so true. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Yeah, I, it, it it affects women more than men because estrogen can inhibit thyroid function, and we just have higher. You know, we can have a we tend to have higher levels of estrogen when things get off balance. Um, but yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I personally have dealt like that's one thing that was like figuring out my thyroid was. It was like a miracle, honestly. I take so I take thyroid. Um, I take natural desiccated thyroid. It's actually over the counter. You can get prescription. We do prescription at moment. Um, but it is so important for a woman because um, you know, it regulates your metabolism. And so if you can't lose weight and you're doing everything and you think you're doing, you know, everything right and you're working out, um, a lot of times it just can be a lot harder if your thyroid is low. And so supplementing sometimes, sometimes you can fix it with just food alone or diet or like certain, you know, certain herbs that can help support the thyroid. But, you know, taking it as well is is pretty, uh, can be really life-changing. Um, now, most doctors will just focus on something like Levoxyl, which is a T4 um, we might consider something more innovative, like combining T4 and T3, which yeah. is just a different kind of thyroid, which is what I take. And I, yeah, I will never go off of it. It was, um, I, I was that person that was like, I can't, I, I don't feel like I'm at my true weight. You know, like I, I felt like I just wasn't quite there yet. And I was doing everything and working out and then started taking thyroid and it was, yeah, life-changing. It was just the best thing ever. Um, so well, and that yeah. affects your body temperature, right? It affects your yeah. moods. It, 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 the thyroid is a powerful little organ. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's very, yeah, I think it's very, uh, yeah, underrated. Um, but it's, it's hard to diagnose because, um, the thyroid, uh, panel is really wide. There's such a wide range. And so when you go to most doctors, they, if you're within the normal range, there's really no impetus to look at it deeper, but sometimes, you might be in considered normal, but things still be, you know, not quite optimal. And so our doctors will look at trying to really achieve achieve <laughs> optimal levels with thyroid. But yeah, you it's really especially in old like going through your forties, um, just part of the aging process, your thyroid does decline. And then that is linked to having lower hormone levels because you need um in order for cholesterol to be converted to hormones, you need thyroid. And so if you don't have that thyroid piece, how are you going to get progesterone and pregnenolone made from cholesterol? It's not going to happen. And so that's why these things go so hand in hand. There's rarely like, oh, I just have this one issue. Like we like we said earlier, it's because it's so beautifully complicated and like connected. Um, and that's just the way it's all designed. So, yeah, you know, restoring healthy thyroid function is a big piece of the battle and then um or not a battle it's just you know just optimization there's no you know we don't need to 
create a war that's not there but um, <laughs> it feels know, like I, it though I think for some women it feels like a battle because we are we feel I think as women sometimes helpless like this is just going to happen like I said when you go to a normal medical environment mm-hmm. there's a dismissiveness to it mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. my experience has been cycling through different symptoms. And I did my own research because I was Mm -hmm. like, why do I have hives on my feet? And why Mm -hmm. do they itch? Like, and this started oddly, you know, Mm -hmm. not thinking about it in my late forties. And so I, now Mm -hmm. I have that like rear view mirror. It's like, Oh, (laughs) that's what was happening. Got it. Because it was off of the normal list that I Mm -hmm. had heard about. Mm -hmm. So I was totally thinking, is it a cleaning fluid at work? Is it something I'm eating? You know, I like started going through all these things. And, and I'd like to ask you about that too. Like when, when women's bodies are in this state, right now on Instagram and all these other places, they're talking a lot about hormone balance being the solution. And so when we talk about food sensitivities that can come up in menopause and I'm just, there's so many things I've learned. And of course I'm just an armchair because I don't have the research like you do. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it the case that maybe something we've eaten all of our life? Now our body is not processing it the same, Are there are also shifts in what our body is favorable towards now that maybe it used to be fine and now it's not fine. Yeah, I mean, I think food allergies can be a result a lot of times of like the medications you've been taking for a long time. um, And that can create Mm. gut dysbiosis, um, especially because, you know, serotonin is mostly made in the gut. And so, yeah, I mean, gut health is really it's it's like central. It's kind of ironic that it's also central to your body. Um, But also, you know, food allergies can take, you know, a while to develop. And just if you're not sometimes if you if you just eat one thing, you're not supposed to eat once, you know, that might not be that big of a deal. And then you just keep eating it and your body's like, no, 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 stop. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as like how confusing what what should I eat is, um, it's the same thing. It's like a lot of people, all these conflicting opinions, people don't know even what to eat. Um, And so I, you know, whether it's, I think, yeah, it's beyond just, is it related to hormones? It's like, where do I even start these days? What do I, what do I, what do I, (laughs) I'm so confused. Um, And, and we do help with women, um, to achieve that with we have a food a nutrition course that every woman does when they have their first appointment and it like i think the first chapter is actually unlearning nutrition myths um because it seems like i have women almost get the short end of the stick when it comes to dieting and all these like recommended rules and all these things um and i think our approach is almost like we need to get back in touch with our instincts mm. and what do you genuinely like to eat? Like without listening to and the loudspeaker of anyone, what do you enjoy? Like what really like, and why do you enjoy it? Um, and, and sometimes we override our instincts and the voice in our head because of what someone on Instagram said, they may have an, a, a year of training, you know, in, in what, you know, they may have been like, they may be like, you know, 21 years old and just, and you're like, you latch onto it. And then you realize you're like, wow, that room, that was not the right, that was not the right thing to do. Um, and I went through that same thing too, you know, as a oh, young woman being told that I need to eat salads three days, uh, three, you know, three meals a day only to realize that was not what my body enjoyed. Um, 
And I think the best thing to do with, you know, food and food sensitivities is to really listen to the feedback loops, like deeply and strongly. What what is your body telling you? Mm-hmm. Um, because the body's messages are the truest ones. They are not they are not susceptible to you know what someone else is saying. They're real. They're tangible. They're, they they don't know what some person on Instagram said. They know what they feel. And so, um, really, our, our body's feedback loops are are the most are the most honest messages we have beyond a, you know studies and and whatever because you are not a study you are a unique person, um, and so if we if we could just allow people to have permission to truly get in touch with what they what they enjoy eating and mm-hmm. and what their body likes to eat and what they feel good eating um, instead of all these kind of made up theories that you know but, and then the, the crazy thing about nutrition science is no one has this like book of answers it's all it's all conjecture and and that's science and that's and that's awesome but you have to that means you have to every assumption that comes your way you have to challenge and you have to think critically about it this is your life this is your health you only have one body and so it does make sense to be critical of everything you've been told and really and really be like well how does this apply to me and how do i keep evolving and experimenting um especially with food i I think in our nutrition course we do you know, just we do recommend prioritizing protein. That's from experience with a lot of women, like women, I don't know, they've been told that you be careful, don't eat too much protein. And then you have this protein deficiency and your liver is not going to work right without protein. And if your liver doesn't work right, you can't detox out hormones. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, the noise has probably done more bad than good for nutrition and it's so huge for how you feel especially in menopause you know you you, you know you're it's like i said you become less capable in every way through the aging process and so finding a permanent dietary routine has never been more important one that you can continue for the rest of your life you know you don't want to keep worrying about your weight you don't want to have to keep worrying like there's too much to worry about in life there's so much <laughs> to worry about <laughs> worrying about your weight on one that's one more thing that we don't want you to have to think about anymore um and i i've like went through that though for sure i was like i, I want to keep losing weight it was always on my mind and now mm-hmm. i feel so happy that like it's just not like a concern anymore but it was only because i kept digging for like you know not accepting a low quality way of living i was like i can't i don't want to do this i can't do this for the rest of my life i can't keep worrying about you know, wanting to lose 10 pounds. I, I want to, you know, I want to do stuff with my life. <laughs> I don't have time in my brain for this, but that's where I was. You know, I was like, I want to keep losing weight. I couldn't figure it out. And so I just couldn't settle for that. And so, um, and uh, yeah, so I just kept challenging what everyone says. You have to eat salads every single, every single meal. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have to listen to what your body actually likes to eat. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the truest, the truest uh, you know, form of instinct. I think that's such great advice, Alana, because we do get a lot of information about what we should do, right? Mm -hmm. This is what you should do. And if you don't do it this way, you're not doing it right, right? We use such qualifying language that makes us feel shame or guilt or, you know, then you get, then you get into body types and how they react you know right some people are just skinny as a rail all their life and it doesn't matter what they do um but there is something to be said for that intuitiveness that you're talking about and as women 
coming into midlife, uh, I'm obviously older than you. I mean, I started this podcast because there's so many conversations I felt needed to be had Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. what the experience of midlife was. But as I go along, I really recognize that we bring so much life experience, all the things that we've done and been, but this hormone piece is very foundational to the quality mm-hmm. of the aging process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, so we're basically utilizing science to, to do, to, to optimize life forever. I, historically, you know, it, it would have been just, you know, accept the way you feel and get used to it. You've got to get used to it. Um, and that's certainly a lot of women's approach and that's okay too. Um, and then now we're just utilizing um, the miracle of, of hormones. So our hormones are, you know, plant-based, they're from yams. And it's actually quite amazing that the universe provides because they are extracted from a substance that plants naturally make. And, um, and they are transformed in a lab so that you can take a pill that replenishes what diminishes for a lot, you know, it might diminish for a lot of different reasons, whether it's diet, whether it's stress, whether it's just what happens through aging. Um, and so some people use synthetic, which mm-hmm. is just different. <laughs> um, basically bioidentical matches the exact hormone your body already makes. It's a carbon copy of what you make, but the difference is the, uh, like some, the additives. So for something like Prometrium, you do, they, they, for some reason they want their pill to look pink. And so they use red dye, yellow dye, titanium dioxide, peanut oil, and that's to probably maintain shelf stability. So, I mean, they're a pharma product, so they just probably have, you know, they have to make a ton at a time. And anyways, ours is custom and we don't use any of those uh, ingredients, the red dye, the yellow dye. And so women sometimes, you know, they don't want to take those things every day. I'm like, I don't eat any nuts. So I like, I'm like allergic to <laughs> peanuts and stuff. So I couldn't take it. Um, but also, you know, it's kind of a matter of where, well, do I want to take red dye or yellow dye every day, even if it isn't safe amounts, you know? Um, well, it's cumulative, so, right? Health, health yeah. and the things we eat and take, it's a cumulative thing in, on a cellular level, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, you would be, you know, taking, and you take it for the rest of your life pretty much to maintain people feel good, you know, taking progesterone almost every day if you're in menopause. Um, and so if it's something you're taking forever, you kind of do want it to be high quality, but of course, you know, the world we live in, it's going to be, you know, Prometrian's very covered by insurance usually. Um, and <laughs> like with anything these days, I guess you get kind of what you pay for. Um, and so we make everything custom. And so it's just different, you know, um, but it is really high quality. We've had amazing results. I just got an email yesterday. I asked if we could share it. She was like, I've done one cycle of your progesterone and it's worked amazingly well. And it's not that often you hear like something was amazing from like a supplement. I guess when you're young, if you don't feel a benefit from anything, you likely don't need it. Um, You know, so if you don't feel any different from, I mean, that's one thing with hormones. If you don't feel any different from like pregnant alone, it's likely because you didn't need it. And so, or it wasn't strong enough or or, you do, or your dosage isn't high enough. But she said it's amazingly well. Like just like honestly made me feel so good because some women actually aren't like a lot of doctors, um, they don't focus on progesterone. They only focus on estrogen um, because of precedence. Estrogen's always been this viewed as this, you know, it's the female hormone. There's books that date back saying, if you don't take estrogen, you won't be feminine. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of mental 
with anything with the marketing of these products is is really a mental uh <laughs> like roadblock and that's why a lot of women don't even take progesterone which it can be incredibly protective and and, and it's very safe to take um and so yeah and so pregnenolone and dha as well those are all what we use are all carbon copies of what you already make um and so it's really just about restoring those a more youthful level so that you can just feel good really and yeah we do testosterone as well low testosterone you know is a huge issue especially in midlife um and so we want to look at all the you know the entire endocrine system they're all dancing really beautifully together um, so we, it's, it's, it's very strange to just focus on estrogen when, when they're all beautifully interlinked. We, we, we it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm. It seems as though that the system is set up to make us dependent on maybe mm-hmm. a solution that is causing more problems. Yeah. So with hormones, yeah. I mean, it's usually not a product you use once, but if you're in midlife, you know, right. you, it's recurring. Um, if, for younger women, actually progesterone isn't needed long-term because it can facilitate the synthesis of progesterone. Um, and so you don't, same thing with thyroid. So for young, we do see, you do know, women in their thirties and their twenties. And so for them, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. When you are older and you want to use these things, um, it does take more upkeep and that is completely your choice though. You know, it's definitely... It's up to you on what you want to do. Um, there's a lot of thing, a lot of these th- products though, they're not expensive. Um, you know, you ultimately can buy pregnenolone, progesterone, DHEA, and thyroid online. You don't even have to go through us. And I'm just purely saying this so that you can start, someone, you know, can start looking into those substances if they're in an older age. Yeah, they, there's, the, that's, you know, those products aren't pharma products because because the, I mean, likely they can't be patented. So they're, they're, you know, made from the earth, like plants, like progesterone made from plants. So while ours are prescription, because a lot of times women need more leading if they are confused on what to do, they need more leading with a doctor. Um, and that can be nice to have a partner with these things. And well, how long do I really need to take this? Or do am I on this for the rest of my life? And we get those questions, but you know, it, it just goes back to, you know, I think we all innately want a long, thriving longevity, you know, this life that continues to, you know, like we continue to thrive. But I love what you said about, you know, I I think maybe in this society that we live in now, like I look at my mom and she's 65 and, and like for a lot of women, we should, I think menopause is really this time where we should acknowledge that a woman has arrived at a place of wisdom and sort of arises like as an elder of this community and the society. And, and she comes with um, just so many gifts I, that we under acknowledge these days. And so, you know, beyond hormones, I think there's this emotional component that we've just completely forgotten with, with, you know, entering perimenopause and menopause, because it's really this time to pause and then, and, and reflect on life and, and embark on a new type of adventure. Um, on this adventure of, you know, giving back to whether it's your kids or your grandkids or society in a different way. Um, and so I think it's just, you know, we can talk about health and hormones and all this stuff, but on, on a really like deeper level, you know, when a woman re- reaches this age, it, it should be interpreted as really special and a gift and beautiful because it is. 
I think that, you know, we have these different chapters in our lives for a reason. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. There's, there's a clear seasonal cycle to life. Yes. Yes. It's, it's very clear. And even the, the beats of our heart, like the things that draw us, um, the things we're interested in or the things we begin to pay attention to. And I think getting our bodies in balance back to, again, mm-hmm. what you talked about, that whole intuitional way and, and not in a woo-woo way, but really learning to hear what our bodies are saying, what yeah. our hearts are saying so that we can have a, an aligned body and an aligned life because it doesn't have to be the confusion that, or it doesn't have to be the, um, well, your life is over. Or, well, it's going to be hard. Well, you're going <laughs> to struggle because these are all messages that we do hear. And I am, if I understand correctly, it we're seeing an, this is happening at an earlier and earlier age now yeah. than maybe mm-hmm. traditionally would be the case. Yeah, because um, puberty is happening earlier and earlier. And oftentimes, the earlier you start puberty, the earlier you start menopause. And that that is actually really, like you said, that word cycle. Um, it's very, very true. There's always these cycles in life. And that happens to be one of them um, in the literature. You know, if you start your, if you, and uh, that, that's like a concern. I have a, like a niece and she's starting puberty of really, really young. Um, and it, you have to wonder what kind of like chemical soup we're in right now, mm-hmm. whether it's like the food we're eating or the plastics, plastic exposure is huge. Um, phytoestrogens, mm-hmm. um, xenoestrogens. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things to consider a lot of things. Um, basically, you know, we are one with the environment. And so we're this big organism acting together when other people are sick, it affects everybody else as well. Um, and mm. so just as, you know, hormones are all interlinked, we are all interlinked. We're interlinked with our environment, um, with people around us. And so, yeah, if uh, early, the early, yeah, menopause is happening earlier and earlier. Um, and a lot of women do like to feel that cycle um, for like, so we'll try to prolong it as, as long as possible. Um, even when your menstrual cycle stops, it doesn't mean that the body has completely lost its cycle. There's still messages from the pituitary to the brain. Um, and so, yeah, it, it kind of goes to this message. It was like, okay, yes, you can no longer produce a period, but that's just one aspect of it. We have mm. to kind of think more deeply about it. That holistic perspective on on our life is, is very profound. Yeah, I saw this one company that was like, okay, well, you can just sign up to get your estrogen cream. And I'm like, um, that's just one aspect of it. Like, <laughs> you do know <laughs> there's know. other hormones, right? <laughs> yeah, there's other there's other there's other things. And they you know, like okay, well, yeah, I mean it's not the route I would take personally because um, especially with like breast health, it's about this beautiful balance between the hormones. It's not just about estrogen. And then, and that becomes really clear if you've ever talked to someone that had breast cancer, you know, they put them on estrogen blockers for a reason. They look at their hormones for a reason. That's the first thing they'll look at if you get a breast cancer diagnosis is how are hormones dictating this pathology? Mm. Um, so that just goes to t- show you how these messengers, you know, dictate the state of your life. They are like magic little messengers, but they're ultimately giving the messages that we send it. And so it's not like we are just subject to whatever these messengers do. We are telling the messengers what to say. Mm. 
Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, Alana, we have uh, covered a lot and this has been such yeah. a good conversation. So what are three kind of pieces of advice or encouragement that you have for women in terms of, you know, taking control of their health care and feeling empowered and less kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to use the word victim because it sounds so dramatic, but really feeling like we don't have it. It doesn't matter. All women are going to suffer. This is just how you have to live. So I would love to have three anchor points from you about women's health. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the first one would be just to not settle for a way of living that isn't thriving, even if it is, you know, in midlife or post-menopause. Um, there's just no reason to. There's, you know, we have these these very foundational things that we can solve for. Um, and so I don't think you should settle for a way of living that doesn't feel true or euphoric or, or like longevity. Um, and then number two is I would continue to seek out the answers that you find to be true in your way, um, whether it's from someone that you really like to read or respect or um, have come to recognize as the experience that aligns with you. I think um, I would just continue the exploration of knowledge with your with your health and with your um, and, and with yourself. Um, and then, you know, three, I just I wouldn't I would I would value your intuition over all else. Um, because if you keep living study to study, if you keep living loudspeaker to loudspeaker, you are going to be continue to be tossed around. Take the, you know, what you hear and what you see and apply it and evolve and find different ways that work for you. But, um, no one, no one was handed this, this book of facts, like I said. So you have to kind of sift through it. And that's part of, you know, modernity if you want to. If you if you choose to take these things for your life, but you know, in your own bodies is is not lying to you. Um, it's the most true message we have. So mm. um, above all else, you know, uh, you've got to value yourself. No provider, no study, no practitioner is going to care about you the way you do. They don't know what your life was. They don't know what your history was. They didn't live with you for thirty years. You you did. Um, so trust yourself. Um, um, you know, find find the messages that your body are, is trying to say over and over again. You just, you know, the answers generally appear when you're kind of ready and open for them. Mm-hmm. Well, Alana, how can people get in touch with you and what you do? Yeah, so you can sign up um, to get your hormones tested on momenthealth.co. And when we get the results, we can partner you with one of our doctors um, and really, we're here to help in any way. If you you know, feel free to DM me on Instagram or um, send us an email at hello at momenthealth.co. Um, I am happy to answer anything or, you know, just talk on the phone, whatever you guys need. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but yeah, our website is momenthealth.co. Um, and we are expanding hopefully to new states soon. So definitely sign up for the wait list if we're not in your state yet. Awesome. Well, Alana, I want to thank you so very much for bringing your wisdom, your passion, your study, your discipline to this conversation and expanding women's understanding of the ability that they have to have control of their health, the power that they have to live a more quality life, that we are not, uh, this is not a sentence. 
this is a beautiful part of our uh, biology. And I really appreciate the way that you basically poetically describe the beauty of what we're going through and, and putting it in such a different, more empowering perspective. I'm, I really appreciate uh, your time and your wisdom and bringing that to me today. No problem. <laughs> awesome. Friends, today, if you find us on YouTube, just look down below. I will have the links to Alana and her company. And if you're on a podcast platform and you're listening while you drive, if you head over to www.feminineroadmap.com forward slash episode 310, the links will be there as well. And so today I've been speaking with Alana Slingby. She's the co-founder of Moment, an LA-based femtech company startup. Now, this conversation is Again, another piece in this health puzzle that I have been building for you as a tribe, because the more empowered we are around this conversation about our own bodies, <laughs> the more wisdom we can apply to our health and the way that we choose to live. And it helps us, women like Alana, who do this work, they are the one that's leading the path that helps us lead ourselves and lead our daughters and our granddaughters and our sisters and our friends to a life that's more intuitive and beautiful and less out of fear and less out of struggle. Yes, our bodies are changing. We know this. But where do we come to this place of acceptance of the changes, but empowerment in how those changes make us feel. It's such a wonderful conversation. And if you have any questions at all, like Alana said, reach out to her. She's there for you. And again, those links will be down below in YouTube or on www.feminineroadmap.com forward slash 310. So you can get that link and get to her quickly. Thank you so much for being a part of our conversation today, friends. I hope that this has given you something to get excited about in this change of life. If you're in it or you know someone that's going through it, please remember to share this life-changing information. Again, friends, I'm so grateful that you spend time with me each week, listening to me and my, my guests have these conversations. And I look forward to bringing more important conversations, empowering conversations, and inspirational people in the weeks to come. Take care, my friends. Bye-bye. <laughs>